Hey guys, so I wanted to come on here and give you my thoughts on last week's Dark Side of the Ring episode on Bam Bam Bigelow. And uh, I, I will say that I liked it. It was actually pretty good. Um, you know, long story short uh, on this. Um, basically, he, he, he was a wrestler in high school. And, uh, you know, essentially he was the kind of wrestlers who were even if he got injured or something like that all he had to do was look intimidating to his a uh, potential opponent and that's all they needed for him to potentially win a match or, or something um uh, the people they had uh in this were you know talking wise talking head wise as they as people some people call it uh the people they had were his ex-wife his son i believe and his daughter and, you know, along with them, they had Diamond Dallas Page, uh, Taz, and Dave Meltzer, I think. And I don't know who else they, they had. Oh, Shane Douglas. They had Shane Douglas. So, they had people that worked with Bam Bam. And, of course, family-wise knew him of the other ring. Um, the, the episode, I, like I said, was good. They touched upon the fact that... You know, he did some of these other jobs outside of the outside of wrestling or before wrestling. And what was interesting to me is he met Dow is you know his history uh, Dallas Page at DDP, and I was surprised that he knew Dallas. You know, even before Dallas really got into the business, like Dallas Dallas Page tried to get into the business as much as he could. You know, you know as much as he could earlier on, but then uh, something happened to where he's like, you know, he got injured. And it's like he just couldn't do it anymore. So he, he went to running clubs. He was running clubs on the Jersey Shore. And one of them was club called Club Xanadu. And that's where he first met Bam Bam. And they just talked. And that's how Bam Bam kind of got uh, the itch to go and to, to wrestle. So long story short, he ended up at Larry Sharp's uh, Monster Factory. And pretty much the rest is history. And Larry Sharp, historically, and you can find this on YouTube here, uh, was his first manager. He first first manager in the Memphis uh, region. So they showed earlier clips of his matches from uh, the CWA and, and such and everything when he started out. And the one thing they were always constantly praising in this was his you know, is is athleticism for a big man, for a man his size. And that basically this got him noticed by WWE, by WWF, as they were known at the time, and Vince McMahon, and brought him in. He was like about mainly two years into his career, and they brought him in and shot him straight to the top to be side by side with the likes of Hulk Hogan and such. And, uh... Yeah, you know, if you if you remember watching um, WWF at that time and everything, and I do apologize for any lag or something like that. My computer's deciding it wants to load and do a location right now deal, so I do apologize for that. Uh, but anyway, uh, like I said, you know, basically they touched upon the fact that he was, you know, he he got signed to WWF. Uh, WWE, WWF, about two years into his career.
and um, you know that that basically, you know, he was thrust thrust right into the you know top into the main event scene, and that they may and that they basically and that the way they did this from what they said and again this is something you can find on YouTube as well as on Peacock I'm sure they have they have it on Peacock, you know, in various you know old school uh, WWE super, WWF superstar uh, episodes. Um, but basically you had all these, ma- you had all the heel managers vying for Bam Bam services and Bam Bam, like Macho Man about a year before, uh, basically revealed that he wasn't going to go with any of them and he had his own manager and that was Sir Oliver Humpadink. Um, Sir Oliver Humpadink, I should say, who went on to go, who went on to go by other names like, you know, Big Kahuna and stuff, and he was Bam Bam's manager, and at the time, he was one of those rare babyface managers, if you will. He's one of the very rare uh, babyface managers, um, if you will, at that time, uh, alongside Miss Elizabeth. So very rare that you had a babyface manager. Uh, But they did talk about how his time kind of came to an end, it was during a main event match at MSG, or one of the featured contests at MSG. He was in the ring with uh, Andre the Giant, and Andre got you know rough with him. Andre got rough with him to the point that you know he said something like, "Oh, you're not ready. You're not. You're too green." Da, 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 something like that, and that was enough for Bam Bam to finally say, "Okay, I'm, I'm going to leave and you know just travel, do do other things, uh, if you will," and he did. You know, he went off, he went off, he went back to the, to Memphis, he went to Japan, they talked, they touched upon that, and how he was treated like a gaijin, I believe, you know that. Uh, they showed him in his first uh, appearance with WCW when they were still part of the NWA, and he had uh, Humpadink as his manager there as well, but what was different is that you know, they were both heels in WCW, NWA, WCW, during his first run, his first brief run there, uh, opposite of being babyfaces in WWF. But anyway, they showed that. They showed him go back to USWA and stuff. And, but they also touched upon the fact that when he would be home, he would put his family first. The family would be the first thing on his mind. And that he also wanted to have a daughter, which they did have and everything. But then they did touch upon him returning to WWF and getting a bigger push uh, than before. And they did highlight his main event, WrestleMania 11 match with Lawrence Taylor and everything. And then how he got probably one of the biggest paydays he's ever had out of that. And then, then, uh, essentially, um, after that, they talked about how he left, you know, after it was done, you know, because they, because basically after the Lawrence Taylor thing, they started to slowly turn him babyface or get basically into that realm of turning him babyface, uh, which they did, and they gave him the, the suit which he's I guess according to one of his sons he said he looked like a tulip or something, where he would you know blow out where he would basically have these little controls on his hands on the suit and you know out come fi- and out and out would come fire, so they talked about. You know, him leaving uh, in 95 and him going to ECW. Now, 
As far as I know, I think he went to ECW around 96. It wasn't directly in 95. It was around 96, 96, 97. So I think he may have taken time off or something. Uh, but they talked about him there, and, you know, they talked about his moment with Taz and all that, and Taz was even a little, like, you know, joking around of how dirty he felt about kind of telling the secret of how him and Bam Bam did that, did one of the infamous, you know, falling through uh, the ring or ramp secrets, if you will. Basically, they fall through the ring deal when they were in Ashbury Park for, I think, what was it, one of the pay-per-views, Living Dangerously, or one of them, I think. And uh, how when they did that, Bam Bam uh, was asking, okay, asking, was the first thing he asked Taz, you know, when they were out of sight of everybody, uh, when they were out of sight from everybody, the first thing he asked Taz is, are you okay? Are you fine? And Taz is like, sure, yeah, I'm good, I'm good. Um, anyway, it was during his time in ECW and even during his second run in WWF that you know, this is where they touched upon him getting a lot of these prescriptions, these, uh, I can't think of the name right now, but these uh, prescription uh, drugs that would keep him going. It would, you know, because, you know, he didn't want to lose his spot. He didn't want to, you know, uh, be cast aside or anything like that. So he would be given these pills by this doctor. And his ex, his ex-wife just looked at that doctor like you... His, you know, his ex-wife looked at that doctor like, you know, yeah, you may have been, a, you know, you may have been, you know, a prescribed doctor to give him these pills, but in reality, you're a drug dealer. That's what you were. And these pills were basically to help him feel better, you know, basically help keep him going because he didn't want to take time off, lose his spot. But it became such a an issue to for him that... You know, his wife was just like, you know, I, I can't do this no more. And she, and she left him. You know, she left him and everything. And even the kids were wondering, like, well, why can't we see Dad anymore? And all that. And, you know, it's mainly because of that. Because, you know, he he did not want to give up those pills. Again, I can't think of the name of them, but they were prescribed. That would keep him going. Because he got to the point to where they would say he barely could... Uh, you know, he could barely, you know, get up without being in pain, you know, and all that. You know, basically, like, barely make a movement without being in pain. So he had to take these pills constantly. And even DDP, I, I, you know, noticed it a little bit uh, when, you know, Bam Bam Bigelow went to WCW and everything. You know, and he was part of the Jersey Triad group and all that. You know, he noticed it there as well. And and DDP even mentioned that when he was running another club on the Jersey Shore, uh, back in the early early to mid eighties or mid to late eighties, he noticed Bam Bam on the on the television, going like, "Oh my God, that's Bam Bam! He made it." But anyway, fast forward, and uh, basically he he kind of noticed it in WCW as well. Like again, these pills that Bam Bam was taking was you know keeping him going. It helped him keep going you know, and not be in so much pain and everything, and they were prescribed, but it just got, you know, to a point to where, you know, mentally, it was, you know, like physically, well, like mentally, personality-wise, it was, it was changing him, but not too much and everything, but just enough to where, you know, he would get angry with his wife and, and all that, you know, and everything, because she, she particularly did not like this happening. She's like, you know, you could tell that if she had her way, Bam Bam would have gotten uh, help. He would have got, he would have gotten surgery, something like that. And I think the reason he didn't, in my opinion, 
because as they said here, uh, as they said here in this episode, was he didn't want to lose his spot, and he didn't want doctors to tell him that he can't do it anymore, because he was doing things a guy his size shouldn't be doing, uh, shouldn't have been doing at that time. So, anyway, uh, basically they talk about they talk to the daughter, and she talks about a time where her dad. Ed was driving with her, picking up preschool, I think, and he was nodding off at the restaurant, and even though she was like two or three years old, she could tell something was wrong, so she would, you know, come up with, you know, things to wake him up, like, oh, I got, I got to go to the bathroom, pull over, basically get him to pull over so he could go to the bathroom, or stop at the Waffle House or something, and it was like when they stopped at the Waffle House, when basically uh, he got, it, it, was some, it was either a Waffle House or something, um, oh, someplace, and that's when he got arrested. That's got when he got arrested for basically endangering a child for falling because he was nodding off. He was nodding off at the will. So, so yeah, that that basically was also like the last straw to where you know the, his wife was like, you know, that's it. I can't do this no more. And he ended up going to Florida. Move. They ended up divorcing, of course, and he ended up moving to Florida. And his oldest son wanted to go see him. And everything, but he didn't have the opportunity to do so. It's like they would, he was off in Florida doing something, his son, but he didn't, it was like spring break or something, but he never got a chance to see his dad. Like that was one of the main reasons he wanted to go. And it wasn't until, you know, um, I guess later on that they found out his dad passed away from an overdose, if you will. You know, that he was found uh, dead in his girlfriend, in another wrestler's home. Or something like that. And it was because of an overdose or something like that. And one of his son, his oldest son, found out when he was, you know, going between classes at college and all that. The the wife found out when the brother I think I think it was his brother or somebody called up and said he was gone. You know, he's gone. So so yeah, even though it was a you know, even though the even though it was a depressing ending to you know, to Again, see someone that you know a lot of us grew up with uh, pass away because of drugs, but in this in this case, prescription drugs and everything that you know his ex-wife basically said was what really did him in. Overall, in my opinion, if you if you kind of look past that uh, darkness, if you will, it was an overall good episode, paying tribute to his career. the The only downside was. Basically, you know the the drugs that he uh, was the was the prescription drugs that he had to take that he was taking to keep himself going because he didn't want to lose his position in wrestling uh, and all that. But outside of that, you know, it was a good episode, good good focus on on his career, and you know, um, you know, I'm, I'm really glad I saw it. Um, tomorrow tonight. They're going to be talking about Bash at the Beach 2000. And I can tell you honestly, I had Bash at the Beach 2000 on VHS. I recorded that event and I recorded it live. And they're going to be focusing on the Hogan, Jarrett, Russo, Bischoff situation from Bash at the Beach. So yeah, that's what's going to happen tonight. But I just wanted to come on here give you my thoughts on this uh, on the recent episode, I should say, of Dark Side of the Ring on Bam Bam Bigelow. Somebody I did grow up on and watch. Uh, let me know what your thoughts are, guys. Comment down below. You will get an audio podcast version of this at BW Rose's Discussions Podcast. And all your favorite audio podcast locations except for Pandora. But mostly check me out and follow me on Spotify for 
that podcast where you can listen to this there as well. Also, to check out the Teespring store, guys, we greatly appreciate it if you can help me out there. And check me out at my Patreon for the $1, $3, $5 tier. But guys, until next time, let me know what your thoughts are. If you saw this episode, what did you think of it? And until then, I am out. God bless. Take